Can a Christian walk away from the faith? What about a Christian leader? In just two short weeks, two influential Christian leaders have talked about leaving. How do we process this? Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we're going to tackle tough issues, we're going to answer your hard questions, and we're going to take a candid look at the Christian faith. I'm so glad you're joining me today for a reflection on remaining steadfast in the faith. But first, I have an important question for you. In today's loud social media culture, do you ever feel like you're caught in a hailstorm of competing ideas? Unsure of how to discern what is true from what isn't? This week's free download, Truth Tips, will help by addressing six of the most common false beliefs infiltrating our culture today and how to confront them. It will also equip you with four questions to ask to help uncover truth in today's world. Head on over to ltw.org candid to get your free download. Now on to this week's Reflection. Recently, there's been a number of influential people in the Christian sphere who seem to be doubting their faith or perhaps even walking away from their faith. And I wanted to take a minute to think through these things. Um, This is my first attempt at trying to record my own thoughts on this issue for this podcast. Uh, here we go. My understanding and what I think is taking place here is there seems to be a lack of understanding on these people who have been put in some sort of leadership position uh, within these Christian groups or, or church groups. There seems to be a lack of understanding on their parts based on the things that they're writing and putting out and where their doubts are. There's a lack of knowledge. And so the question for me is what is at the root of that? And at the root of that, I think, is there's a lack of biblical teaching and biblical understanding. And my fear is that in an effort to reach people and in an effort to reach younger generations, we've kind of pursued the the sort of dark room uh, church feel with uh, lights and strobes and loud, heavy music. But what those things do is they evoke emotion. And so – what has replaced solid biblical teaching has become emotionalism and uh, a motivation to reach those feelings of younger people. And those may, uh, in fact, have that effect on people and they may feel moved and they may even feel like they're a part of something because of that. But those things, uh, they're false. Um, emotions and feelings only last for a moment and then when difficulty comes, when when strife, heartache, uh, the realities of life set in, those things will not uphold you. They will not keep you standing firm. There's no foundation upon which you're standing other than a feeling or an emotion. And so it, it was making me think if there's a lack of biblical teaching, what is it that we're not doing? And I feel like this is a conviction for me and for any uh, biblical leader, teacher, anyone in this position. And so it makes me think of uh, Hebrews chapter 10 when the author is writing to this particular group and he's telling them in chapter 10, verse 23, he says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And what I think is these people, they don't understand church. They don't understand the meaning, the purpose behind worship and uh, hearing the gospel and having that inform and affect their lives. Um if we're only seeking the emotionalism and the feeling and the heart-pounding uh, sort of high of church, then we're missing out on what is important. And what is important is having the truth spoken to us and then allowing that truth to penetrate into our hearts and transform who we are. And not just transform, but actually building a foundation for that new person who we are becoming in Christ. But if we don't have Christ or we don't understand, then we are only what the Bible calls tasters. And um, some of this concept comes up again in the book of Hebrews in chapter 6 where it talks about there's people who are going to fall away. There's going to be people who look like they're part of a fellowship community, a Bible community, um, but then something will happen and they will disappear. They'll walk away from this. And so this raises a lot of questions for us about, you know, predestination and, and, and you know, how, how firm is my faith? Is there room for doubt? And the answer is that doubts are very real, and I don't think the Bible ever shies away from that. The one thing we don't want to do is falsify or lie to ourselves about doubt or, or think that doubt is, um, is entirely negative. In fact, what doubt does is it puts in us the thoughts of wanting the answers and where to go. What is your ultimate authority? Where will you ultimately go when these thoughts and feelings arise is really the the core question here. My prayer for these, uh, these happen to be men, but for these men and women who are having these feelings that are in positions of authority and they're posting and they're writing and they're exposing people who follow them to more of those doubts. And, and my, my hope is that these people would either come to restoration or that they would come to that saving knowledge of Christ that it doesn't sound like they seem to have ever had. My hope is that through that doubt, they will come to that saving knowledge of Christ. I think of two examples in the Bible, two people who who took, or three people even, who, who took very different tracks. So we have uh, Demas, uh, who was a follower of the Apostle Paul. He was traveling with him. He was supporting him in a lot of different roles. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writes in verse 9 of 2 Timothy chapter 4, Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So here's a man who, from all rights, seemed like he was on the inside. He was a follower of Christ. He was even in some sort of leadership position, apparently. And yet Demas who was in love with the world, was just a taster again, as Hebrews says. He never really had committed his life to Christ. He was walking out, uh, appearing to walk the walk, uh, but there was no real heart change. There was no real desire there in his heart. And our hearts break over that reality that someone could 
have that false hope or not genuinely put their trust in Christ but have all the outward looks of a covenant person or a person who has put their trust in Christ. But then I think of someone like John Mark, who was traveling with Paul, was perhaps homesick, and he abandons Paul in the middle of their journey and goes home and was probably quite distraught and was probably having moments of doubt and fear and frustration and not sure whether he really believed all these things. And yet he is connected with the Apostle Peter, and Peter comes alongside him, reminding him and who he is and, and helping relay the foundation that apparently wasn't solid from the get-go and helping him build upon that and giving him more clarity. And Mark goes on to write, of course, his gospel. And Peter himself, Peter denies Christ uh, there publicly in front of him, just as Jesus had predicted, and he could have easily gone into that vicious cycle of doubt and fear, frustration, beating himself up, and yet Christ comes alongside him and reminds him who he is and what he has been called to and sets Peter on a different trajectory on life. And so the important thing is if we have friends that are going through moments of these feelings of doubt or uh, frustration and fears, we don't want to come at them and preach at them and and make them uh, feel guilty. We want to come alongside and encourage them and then remind them of the gospel. And if they don't know it, we have to tell them what the gospel is and make it clear that they understand that salvation is in Christ alone. And it's not in our good works, and it's not in whether we deserve it or not. None of us deserves it. No one is righteous, not one. But only Christ is. And so we have to keep going back to him. We have to keep going back to the source. We have to keep going back to the one who gives us life. You know, this is probably raising a lot of questions, and that's good. And so my hope is that you will engage with us, that you will write your questions into us, that you'll go to ltw.org slash candid and write in and engage with us so that we can help walk through some of these questions and answers together. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. And don't forget your free download of the week, Truth Tips, over at ltw.org slash candid. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Thanks for listening.